As my brain ingested her words, I felt the challenge to love and honor my body ring true for me. Hey there, if you believe in God and aren't really sure what to do with that belief, or if you personally know Jesus and want a deeper relationship with Him, then this podcast is for you. I'm Rachel Middleton, and welcome to the BookCast. Hey there, welcome to chapter 10. If this is your first time listening to the BookCast, I am so happy you're here. You are now part of an experiment to publish a book, The Truest Thing, exclusively through a podcast. And if you've been with me since chapter one, I want to welcome you back to one of the most difficult chapters I had to write. This chapter was not the most difficult because it's about a sensitive topic, and it wasn't the most difficult because it's extra emotional. No, this one was most difficult because it's one of the areas that I still struggle with on the daily. I like writing from a place of victory, and up until now, that has been most of what I've shared. But in this area of believing that we are made in the image of God, I still struggle with knowing that truth on a heart level. Writing this chapter certainly helped me solidify what I truly do believe when it comes to how God created us, but I still have to extend grace to myself on a regular basis. I still have to seek the Lord for more clarity of how He sees me and my worth in Him because he is the one who sees me for who I truly am. He sees in me the truest thing. From the 139th Psalm, verses 13 through 14. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Chapter 10. In His Image Why you got hair on your chin? The mocking question caught me off guard and flooded my cheeks with heat as the embarrassment settled in. I scanned my brain for what I could say back, but the only thing in my mind was the reverberation of the laughter coming from my classmate. Stunned at the abrupt assault on my self-esteem, I just sat there, frozen, waiting for my turn to bat in P.E. softball. Seconds drug on like hours as she laughed at the extra dark hair barely visible on my jawline. Finally, the only thing my brain found to say came out of my mouth with a sharp edge and a harsh tone. It's because God made me that way. I stood up sharply and stomped away from the bleachers, making my way to the makeshift home plate and picking up the bat. However, my mind couldn't focus on the game. It was too busy replaying the exchange with the girl on the bleachers over and over. Because I was homeschooled through 8th grade, I made it to my freshman year of high school without much experience of how rude other kids can be. I wouldn't classify it as bullying since it didn't last past that one hour of P.E., but the effects of her snide comments and snickering jeers would fundamentally change how I saw myself. 
as I walked past the mirrors in the locker room after Jim, I paused for a moment to see if in fact she was right. And of course she was. I had more hair on my face than most of the prepubescent boys in our class. I felt the burning in my cheeks fade and the color fled from my face. Pale and now carrying a pit in my stomach, as well as my English and algebra textbooks, I forced my feet to trudge towards my next class. For the rest of the day, all I could think about was getting home to shave and wondering how many other people had noticed the unusual hair growth on my smooth skin. I also noticed not only was I the only one of my classmates with facial hair, but also the only one whose arms were covered with thick, dark hair. I remember laying awake that night. Hands folded across my stomach, I stared at the ceiling, illuminated by the bathroom light across the hall. Cheeks burning from tweezing each individual hair, I pleaded with God to give me a new body. I questioned God and silently wept. Why did you make me this way? Why couldn't you have given me smooth, hairless skin like other girls? Who are you, a human being, to talk back to God? Shall what is formed say to the one who formed it, Why did you make me like this? Romans 9.20 I could almost feel the shift deep in my heart that night. A shift in how I saw myself. The next morning, I woke up in disappointment as I still wore the same skin. Not that I had expected God to give me a totally different body, but I would have been happy with any slight change or improvement. There was none. I felt like my body had let me down. I felt like God let me down. From then on, I saw the way God created me as a permanent battle, as if the way he created me was something to fight against. For as long as I've had intelligent thoughts, the envious feelings of wanting what others were born with has been the normal default of my heart. I've always wished that God would have created me differently. From my body type to hair texture, my personality, voice, and intelligence, I've often felt like I got the bad end of the deal when God was passing out blessings as he created people. My body. My body has always been the wrong size, shape, or fell short of what I needed it to be. From an early age, I was told that I was created in the image of God, but this never really sank into my heart. I always thought that if it wasn't for my body, I would be pretty. If it wasn't for my body, I would be lovable. If it wasn't for my body, I would be enough. The first time I remember wishing to have a different body came because of a childhood dance class. Ballet, jazz, contemporary, and tap classes characterized my early years of life, and the feeling of being an outsider grew the older I got. My body was the wrong shape to be a professional dancer, so any auditions for local productions produced only sadness and rejection. Even though I worked extremely hard to replicate the movements and knew the rhythm of each dance combination better than anyone else in my class, my tender heart still felt the glances from the other dancers. Glances that carried a coded message that whispered I did not belong there. 
I felt my body let me down because it disqualified me from something I loved. I loved the movement and feeling the music in my muscles, but eventually I quit dancing because I knew that my body wasn't cut out for it. I wasn't the right size. My mom seemed to perpetuate this feeling that my body was the wrong shape and size. Ever since I can remember, she encouraged me to tuck in my tummy, sit up straight, and try to appear slim through the clothing that I wore. I remember in high school her encouraging diet after diet to help me be slim like she was. While now I realize her motivations were mostly because of health concerns, and now I enjoy a beautiful relationship with my mom, back then, to my high schooler brain, it felt like I just didn't fit into the mold that she wanted in a daughter. I often felt like I let her down because I didn't take after her naturally more slender physique. I took after my dad when it came to my shape and size. But it wasn't just my shape and size that I struggled to love. It seemed that all my physical attributes didn't measure up to others' standards. I remember the moment I felt disappointed in my facial features as well. In elementary school, I found myself in the middle of a conversation between my dad and a cousin of mine. My dad mentioned that my cousin's dimples were a family trait and that anyone with them should be proud to wear them. He called them cute and pretty. But what he meant as encouragement to my cousin, I interpreted as disappointment in me that I did not have his dimples. While I looked like my dad in almost every other way, my young heart felt like I didn't look like him in the only way that mattered. Dimples. In that moment, a lie penetrated my heart that I would never be beautiful. My misrepresentation of this conversation undermined my confidence and left me feeling like the ugly duckling of the family. This feeling that I would never be beautiful, as well as the disappointment of my shape and size, carried on through high school. So when the rude comment about my unfortunate facial hair entered my ears, my heart fractured beneath the weight of these disappointments. This has turned into a lifelong battle of learning to love my body as part of myself. When I am close with the Lord, I feel close to loving myself. But when faced with trials and my own heart posture that get in the way of my relationship with Him, I struggle with loving the body that He gave me. It has been a lifelong battle for me to see myself, physical body included, through the lens of Christ. Identity in Christ and Our Bodies I have met several Christians who believe that we are really just a spirit that happened to have a body. They sometimes believe that in heaven, we will be this disembodied soul floating around with no real physical expression of ourselves. While I might have believed this at one time, I no longer think that this is a biblical representation of how we will experience eternity. My main reason for believing this comes from the fact that Jesus had a physical body. Part of the Godhead breathed through his human lungs, felt the warmth of the sun prickle his skin, and experienced the world as we experience it, through a physical body. We use language like, Jesus died for our sins, which points to an understanding 
that his physical body was part of him, not just an obstacle to overcome. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. 1 Peter 2.24 Even after Jesus died and rose again, he still had a physical body, one that still carried the scars from his crucifixion. If Jesus, being God, still had a physical body when he ascended to heaven, then I believe that means there will be some physical aspect to ourselves in eternity. Our bodies are not just something to fight against in this world, but they are part of who God created us to be. In her book, Try Softer, Christian therapist and author Andy Colbert wrote about showing compassionate attention to our bodies and honoring them as part of ourselves. I want to share a quote from her book that stopped me in my tracks. I promise not to see my body as separate from me, as a commodity, as something that must earn approval. Just as I am the beloved, so is my body. Andy Colber. As my brain ingested her words, I felt the challenge to love and honor my body ring true for me. For as long as I can remember, I have loved myself apart from my body and hoped that others would love me apart from my body too. But this promise challenges me to remold that way of thinking into loving my physical body as myself, just as my soul is loved. It is in this space of feeling the connection between my physical body and my identity in Christ that I realize truth. I realize the truth that my body has not let me down. I have let it down. I have tried to see myself in Christ apart from my physical body, imagining it to be a curse that I have to lug around with me. But if the truest thing about me is my identity in Christ, then I believe that a portion of that is extended to my physical body as well. Christ died so that we can have new life, and I now realize that does not exclude my physical body. Accepting how God created me and realizing that I am loved regardless of how I view myself has been extremely difficult for me to grasp. In many ways, this difficulty of accepting how God created me extends past loving my physical body and includes my sense of worth. Accepting how God created me helps me realize the great worth that I have in Him. Worthy of Love I've questioned my worthiness since an early age, wondering if I had a specific personality or a different body type, if it would mean I could somehow earn more love. Everyone seemed so beautiful when compared to me. I felt like how a dull, unused penny must feel in a handful of change. That same feeling extended into how I felt about my personality. I've seen others more confident or more outgoing, and I've felt my own personality melt into the faded petals of a wallflower. I struggle with feeling worthy of love. However, as I intentionally seek to ground my identity in Christ, I continue to learn how to look to him and listen intentionally for his voice as he calls me worthy. 
when it comes to this conversation of worthiness, an analogy from a blurry memory stands out in my mind from a youth conference in high school. Unable to recall any significant detail of when, where, or who shared this analogy, I vaguely remember a bald but young-looking man standing on a stage wearing a dark gray hoodie while holding a $1 bill. What is this worth? He questioned the rambunctious group of students. The room shouted, a dollar. I could hear some of the snarky students yell random answers like, it's worth a McDouble or five bucks, just to get a cheap laugh from those around them. Yes, it's worth one dollar, he said firmly, his voice booming through the PA system and refocusing the room. And why is it worth one dollar? What makes it worth a dollar? He continued. Less people answered this time. The most common answer being, because it's got a one on it. The speaker then pulled a $100 bill from his back pocket and asked the same question. What is this worth? Atmosphere electric with the anticipation of each student hoping that he would toss the cash into the crowd. Everyone replied with the correct answer this time, hoping to be granted the small piece of paper by the end of the lesson. Why? What makes this 100 times more valuable than the $1 bill? The speaker went on, Both bills are the same shape, the same weight, and are made from the same materials. So why would one of them be worth only $1, while the other worth so much more? After a period of silence, the speaker finally said, Because the United States Treasury determines their worth. These bills were created by the U.S. government, so they get to determine how much it is worth. Because they made it, they get to say this bill is worth $100, and this one is worth just a buck. To this day, if I see a $100 bill, it reminds me of that mysterious speaker's point. Whoever creates the object gets to determine its worth and value. Because the United States Treasury makes the U.S. currency, They are the ones that get to say how much it is worth. Likewise, because God created us, he gets to determine our worth. Nowadays, I like to think of this truth in terms of an artist and their grand masterpiece. Only the artist themselves can truly speak to the worth of their creation because they are the ones who formed it. And only they know the amount of blood, sweat, and tears that went into creating their masterpiece. Just as an artist knows and determines the true value of the physical representation of their genius and handiwork, so Father God determines our value because he formed and created us. Only Jesus truly knows every drop of blood, sweat, and tears that were shed in bringing us to life. He knows every sketch mark, every brush stroke, every tap of the chisel, and every minute that he has poured into creating us and pulling us closer to him. It is because of that truth that he is the only one qualified enough to determine our value and if we are worthy of love. And he says that we are. He placed such a high value on our lives that he freely gave his own. In that magnificent act, He has placed a value on our lives, a currency that cannot be given by any other. Worth and Identity
In my mind, this question of worthiness really comes down to a point of identity. It is only when I truly understand and comprehend the beauty of Jesus' sacrifice and who I am in relation to him that I see a glimpse of my worth. I am not worthy of love because of my physical body. I am not worthy of love because of my winning personality. And I'm not worthy of love because of anything that I myself do. Instead, I am worthy of love because of what he has done. I am worthy because the God of the universe created me. He formed me. He poured out his blood to make me his own and redeem the mistakes that I make. He is the artist who has pieced me together, creating something beautiful and valuable because of the one who created it. God determines my worth because he is the one who created me. But so often, that feels like a far-off truth, covered over with the fog and mist of everyday life and pain. My heart so often looks to others for my sense of worth, instead of listening to my father. And it's in those moments that I still question my worth. Even though in those moments when I forget who I am in Christ, he reminds me over and over that my worth comes from the God Most High. And these are the kinds of things that my Heavenly Father says about my worth. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? And not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your Father. But even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. Matthew 10, 29-31 Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Jeremiah 1, 5 A worthy woman who can find, for her price is far above rubies. Proverbs 31.10 And now the Lord says, He who formed me in the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob back to him, and gather Israel to himself, for I am honored in the eyes of the Lord, and my God has been my strength. Isaiah 49.5 For you are my people, holy to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for his treasured possession out of all of the peoples who are on the face of the earth. Deuteronomy 7.6 Your Value Perhaps you have had some of these same thoughts and feelings. Perhaps you can relate to this part of my story because it can be difficult for you to see your value in Christ too. If this is the case, then I pray that you hear this with the ears of your soul. You have intrinsic value because God made you in His image. So, dear reader, allow me to remind us of the breathtaking beauty stored inside our bones. Our bodies point to the physical body of Christ. They point to the fact that Jesus walked as a man experiencing the world through that body. He chose to humble himself, and our physical body can be a reminder of that. I also want to remind us that God didn't just create our physical body. 
but continues to shape our hearts in his redemption plan through the cross. Jesus was stripped, beaten, and broken for us so that the parts of us that are far from God could be restored to his heart. Lastly, I want to remind us that our worth is found in our Creator. It is because God loves us so fervently that we get to rest in the truth that God chose to create us and places value on our lives. God created and loves you. He values you, and He wants to see you grow and heal. So, I trust that He will continue to open your heart to Him. He longs to draw you close and to show you how valuable you really are in Him. I want to give us an opportunity to let this sink in deep into our spirits. Let's take a moment and invite the Holy Spirit to pray together this prayer. Repeat after me. Father God, thank you for creating me in your image. I receive the truth that I am lovable because I am made in your image. Please help me to see myself through your eyes. In Jesus' name, I forgive myself for any harm that I have done to my physical body. And I forgive myself for not loving the body that you gave me. Father, show me what it means to live from a place of understanding my identity in you. Jesus, help me understand the identity implications of your sacrifice and what that means regarding my own worth. I choose to believe that in your sacrifice, You made me worthy of your love and life. Help me to comprehend on a heart level the love you have shown me. Thank you that it is by your wounds that I am healed. Holy Spirit, Help me live from a place of believing that I am truly loved, valued, and worthy. Live through me and teach me how to look to you for my worth and value. Help me live from my identity in you so that I can show others your love. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 
resources. For today's resource, I want to again give you the name of that book that I mentioned in this chapter. Try Softer, a fresh approach to move us out of anxiety, stress, and survival mode and into a life of connection and joy by licensed counselor Andy Kolber is a phenomenal book that has helped me show compassionate attention to myself and to my own body. I will leave a link to her book in the show notes. Right here, after this chapter, chapter 10, I've added two bonus chapters on the audible and printed versions of The Truest Thing. We will release The Truest Thing on Audible and as a paperback book in the spring of 2023. So be watching for more information about how you can purchase it then. If you want to experience the two bonus chapters in the book, make sure to purchase The Truest Thing by Rachel Middleton on Audible or through Amazon this spring. Until then, I pray blessings on your journey. Have a blessed day in Jesus.